Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hello everyone, my name's Meg. I'll be your host for the next series of Talk for 12. We'll be talking to four women across the OEC congregations about the fruit of the Spirit. The early church in Galatia was in conflict over whether new Gentile Christians follow the Old Testament law, especially circumcision. Paul writes a letter to them speaking to the heart of this. We're not saved by what we do, but by our trust in Jesus. Through that faith, we receive the Holy Spirit and are transformed. We express our faith through love as we are led by the Spirit. It might not be circumcision, but we have similar temptations of inflicting rules on ourselves and others to qualify as Christians. Together with my podcast guests, we're going to explore the freedom that we have in Christ and what it means to keep in step with the Spirit. On this episode, we jump right in at the end of Galatians. Let me introduce my first guest. Marion has been at OEC since its first service with her husband, Jeff. She has loved the Lord for as long as she can remember and gave her life to Christ when she was a teenager. Marion is retired and much of her time now is spent getting into the Bible, teaching it and discipling younger women. Today she teaches us from Galatians 5, starting at verse 22. I'm going to read the scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Thank you, Mary. I hid my daughter some sweet pea seeds, but she thought I had given her snow pea seeds. So she proceeded to sow them in her veggie garden. When I told her what seeds I had given her, she exclaimed, Oh no, I don't want sweet peas in my veggie patch. She promptly put out the emerging new plants and replaced them with snow pea seedlings. Now the sweet peas would have looked pretty in time, but they couldn't be eaten. We can only reap what we sow. In chapters 5 and 6 of Galatians, Paul gives practical instruction to Christians on how to exercise their and our freedom in Christ. He shows how true freedom produces love service, the fruit of the Spirit, as was read, instead of self-gratification, the fruit of the flesh, in the preceding verses. The question then is, what seeds are we sowing and what sort of fruit are we producing? On the negative side, if we feed and nurture our selfish desires, we will reap destruction, so the best thing to do is to starve them so we don't give them opportunity to work, and then we will not be inconsistent in our spiritual walk. On the other hand, Paul says that we are to take every opportunity to do good, that is, feed and nurture our new natures and be channels expressing the character of Jesus. So that is what we are going to do as we explore what it means to be producers of good fruit. The type of soil where the plant is grown matters if we want to produce a good crop. Jesus spoke about this in the parable of the sower. It is summed up in Luke chapter 8 verse 15. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Notice the word persevering. There's more to do than just planting. 
Lots of soil preparation must happen for a good outcome. Nurturing and cultivating happens over time. There's careful pruning, watering, fertilizing, weeding, etc. That must happen. So too in our own lives we grow through the times of stress, pressure, frustrations, physical and mental limitations, antagonism of others, etc. In fact, anything that ruins our day that we may have little or no control over. It's in the hard circumstances of life that our fruit becomes evident and molds our character. As Romans 5.4 puts it, perseverance produces character. Left to our own devices, we will never bear the Christ-like character. In John 15 verses 1 to 8, we have the picture of the fruitful vine. The fruit is connected to the branches which are connected to the vine, with the sap flowing through it. We cannot produce a good fruit apart from the Holy Spirit. After listing the nine fruit, and note it's not fruits, Paul says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This means we cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that our outward actions reflect our new natures. The list given here is not exhaustive, but represents for us a more compact picture of the character of Christ's life, which can be reproduced in us by the Holy Spirit. I have listed some other passages in the show notes. Another point I want to make here is that this applies for all Christians, unlike the gifts which are divided amongst the church, albeit the gifts should be in line with the fruit. Jesus said that he has appointed us to bear fruit that will last. Not only does this apply in our personal lives, but in the church as a whole. The characteristics mentioned here can be divided into three clusters of fine fruit. The first cluster, love, joy, peace. These especially speak of our relationship with God, with outward results others can see. I'm not going to deal with each of the clusters. You'll be hearing more about that over the next three episodes. I will, however, say something about love. It's a trump card, if you like, the overarching characteristic, which everything else falls under. If we don't get the love God bit, we will find the love your neighbor bit difficult. We use the word love haphazardly. I love my husband, I love my dog, I love chocolate, so on. Now in the Bible there are different words for love in the Greek. For example, in John chapter 21 and verses 15 and following, Jesus asks Peter, do you agape me? That's the word used here. And he asks that twice. Now Peter answered both times, I filio you. The third time Jesus came down to where Peter was and asked, do you filio me? At this stage, that was how Peter felt capable of loving Jesus. Filio is the word used for intimate affection. Peter couldn't promise more than he could give. Let me give you an example of how my agape love of God works out in practice. It is very often shown itself in how I respond to God in what he asks me to do. I met a young mum who had a church background but wasn't a Christian. She started coming to my church and later joined my Bible study group. She had so many questions. 
One Friday afternoon, she asked me to ring her the following week. On the Monday morning, as I was making the bed, the Lord stopped me in my tracks and prompted me to ring her there and then, which I did. She was sitting on a front veranda with the Bible open on her lap, and a Mormon was heading in her direction. My phone call prevented her from speaking to the man, and I was able to speak to her. I had to think what could have happened if I was not obedient. I led her to the Lord over the phone. Peace and joy were the end results for both of us. Now the second cluster, patience, kindness, goodness, these characteristics have to do with the kind of people we are in our outward relationship with others. Another word for patience is long-suffering. It speaks of a person's steadfastness under provocation, the ability to bear up under weariness, strain and persecution. We also find we need it in the small day-to-day frustrations and irritations of life. Coming through them prepares us for the bigger things and strengthens us, and the Holy Spirit uses us to bless others. The second segment of this cluster, kindness, is more correctly gentleness. It only occurs a few times in our English Bible and spoken of in connection with the three persons of the Trinity, the gentleness of God, of Christ, and here the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can be hard and unkind to people who have failed, especially in their dealings with us. The third element of this trio, goodness, literally means to be like God. It's deeper than just doing good. It is love in action. Let me give you an example of how my husband and I saw this played out in our dealings with our next-door neighbours. We were very helpful to them when they first came, and they appreciated it very much. All was going well until one day the wife behaved very uncharacteristically towards us. We were quite hurt and couldn't understand why. We didn't retaliate and still treated them the same. In fact, the husband still came over and my husband helped him with various jobs. One day the weather was coming over so my husband mowed their front lawn after he finished ours, while she was still mowing their back lawn. When she came around the front and saw what he was doing, she melted. She thanked him profusely and apologised for her behaviour. Things got on a better footing. Various things happened over a period of time. But through this whole process, we were able to demonstrate patience, kindness and goodness instead of being consumed with ourselves and our hurts. When they left, they hugged us and said that we were great neighbours. I've taken some time to go through the meanings of the words from the Greek because they are used interchangeably in the various translations. So in the third cluster, the fruit is faithfulness, meekness and self-control. Meekness is translated gentleness in some translations. These focus our attention on our inward being as against the outward doing in our daily walk with God. It's cultivating our relationship with Him in the big things and little things of life and how we respond in them. An example in one of my particular situations. I was saving up to buy some dining room chairs to replace our very old ones. My husband and I had pledged to give some money over a period of time to a cause, 
but then felt we should give it all at that point in time. My first thought was, there go my chairs. The very next day, my sister rang me and asked me if I wanted some chairs, as they were buying a new dining suite. I was just blown away. When we are faithful to God in our testimony, commitment, calling and commands of Christ, we are blessed in his faithfulness to us. Having looked at this passage in a bit of detail, we need to keep in mind the context in which it is written. Paul is addressing churches, the body of Christ. We are called to exhibit these qualities within the body, but then as a body to exhibit them to the wider community. The body is scattered throughout all walks of life and we are to be salt and light where God has placed us. So it's the church at work, it's not just an individualistic thing. I like how Paul finishes the list by saying, against such things there is no law. In other words, there are no prohibitions in living to please God. The fruit of our living in the community becomes evident not only by practical things we might do, but in our personal interactions with people. Now, we won't get it perfect this side of heaven. In fact, the church will be ridiculed because we want to maintain God's standards. As we keep in step with the Spirit, we'll become more like Him and reflect His glory. In so doing, we are blessed and others will benefit. A wonderful note to finish on from Galatians 6 8. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Thanks for joining us this week. If you're coming up to choosing your next book of the Bible to read, why not try Galatians? It's about a 20 minute read, its message is life giving, and we're going to keep talking about it for the next three episodes of Talk for 12. If you want to go deeper into what Marion has talked about today, her list of reference passages are in the show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.